You're listening to BAU, Business as Unusual, the podcast that speaks to the people behind the movements, organisations and ideas that are shifting the way we think, interact and transact. Yeah, we're now end of January, been in a month. Yep. It's been busy down here. It's been really busy. We've moved. Um, we've moved into a hidey hole where we're coming out of right now. Mm. Um and it's been different, a different feel. But Jesus has been busy down on the peninsula. I've felt for a lot of people who have been serving on the front lines day in, day out, people who want their holidays yesterday, today and tomorrow. For sure, for sure. How's your experience been? Yeah, well, I think it's like hospitality and kind of all of those things down here. It's almost like the, they should be classified as essential workers, really. I think it's certainly been, I mean, it's been busier than I've ever seen it down down here certainly on kind of um you know i think there's been this play between the weather which hasn't been you know that great um and then when the days that it has been it's been like everyone has had nine months worth of i wanted to go to the beach all piled into kind of one one thing and it's been yeah it's been pretty hectic hasn't it oh yeah it's been hectic and then everyone coming out of their their holes i've experienced myself coming out of a little hidey hole and going meeting uh, more than 20 friends in a park and uh, that experience was really peculiar I admitted to my partner at the time we were walking I'm quite nervous we were coming in with the family the dog we're all walking in and I think everyone in that group had experienced that and it was like everyone welcomed you in but I was just so bizarrely nervous of seeing yeah. so many people and I sure. think that's been exacerbated when you're in all these social situations and you might not know everyone and just trying to navigate the rules and I think that's why some people are gravitating to some of the the huge um, mega stores because the rules are set. For sure, for sure, yeah. Like I mean, I, I love Bunnings going into the pandemic, and I fucking love it now, <laughs> coming coming out of it. And it's you know, there's kind of two aspects to that. I think it's that you do you know the rules, so you kind of it's mask on. Everyone kind of knows what what the go is, and Bunnings in particular is crystal clear on that. Whereas I think other retailers, it's kind of like I still get a bit of the stinky eye when you kind of like uh, someone's not wearing a mask, and I understand. There's limited numbers in terms of kind of the actual cases, very low. We haven't had that many um, over the last little while, and people naturally kind of want to start to start to bend the rules a bit. But it is strange because you have like anxiety. I think like you've actually been through an experience. We haven't. No one's. No one talks about it. So no one kind of talks about really the depths of what it was actually like here here in Victoria. I mean, I've been talking to my cousin in the UK a lot over the last little while because they're going through exactly what we're going through. And in, in some ways, it's actually helped me kind of reconcile because they had a summer where we were having a winter and it's almost the um, the kind of like the hemisphere thing totally flipped around. And they're going through what we went through last winter. But last summer, I would talk to her about the experience I was having where you like, you know, we were all having, particularly here in Victoria, where you can't you couldn't leave the house really you know things felt like the whole balance of homeschooling kind of all of that like you didn't see people but you did so you're kind of constantly interacting through technology etc so it was a really strange time but i think we're all coming out of it as you said it's odd being in front of people and just that physical uh, proximity whereas you may have spoken to them you know throughout the kind of lockdown but you weren't close like you weren't close to them physically and that's a, been a strange thing to get back used to for sure and i found it really strange telling your you touch on it there telling your experience of what that time was i think feel like people box it up and even want to put it under the under the bed and pretend it never happened but mm. trying to understand and it, it 
was really helpful for me to hear other people and how they've experienced their their lockdown here in Victoria, but mm-hmm. then also listen to myself back and how I've told that experience. I think I went into a hypercritical self phase where I was, um, mm. yeah, just really critical on the different actions that I was making and different moves that I was making. And um, coming through summer, I've realised to recast the story and recast the narrative. I had sat down after watching some surf and it was actually a really cheesy, chalky um surfers saying he sh- you should write down five things you've done like these goals and i was like all right i'm gonna do it i've just finished the move everything was up in the air and i wrote down sort of what i'd achieved and what i'd done and what i'd hoped to do and blah 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 and actually putting it on paper i just made so much more sense to mm-hmm. what i'd done how i'd done it and sounded so polar opposite to the story i'd been telling myself and it had been that self that had been on top of me telling me you haven't done enough, you haven't done this, you haven't done that. And then being able to recast that narrative and um, tell it in a positive light has been really helpful for, for myself and then hearing others and how they've um, accepted the challenge and, geez, it was challenging and then hearing as you have people um, on the other side of the continent and how they're experiencing it now is very similar. There's a good friend yeah. and he's right in the epicenter in the UK and he posted a picture of this. Like, <sighs> first he got a haircut and he yeah. looks... Um, hilarious with his haircut. He's just trying to find something to do, and then he posts this <laughs> picture of us. We did that too. Yeah, right? He posts this picture yeah. of a snowman. Actually, oh mate, that's bleak. And he says, "No, it's actually a sign of hope." He was seeing it as a sign of hope because it was on a street that was being the hardest hit in the UK. Yeah. So you take like you know their snowman, you replace it with our spoon village, and it's or our, our kind of you know bears in the window. It's it's exactly the same like it's just it's this expression i think of you know to be human right is to seek seek that that connection but coming back to your point around the kind of the goals thing like did you find it was because everything was the same right you know like the days just were the same and but yet you were actually quite productive at least i was and i know you were i know you've kind of maybe didn't see that at the time but you were doing a lot, but there was no break. It's not like you stopped and kind of hung out for like an afternoon in a park and like, oh yeah, I did accomplish all of that. There's just no perspective. There was no Uh, time to get a perspective. Like my experience of it was, I was just full the whole time and mm. always felt like I had to do something else, something else. And it was in a constant state of evolution there. I didn't have a practice. We just started a business, started two businesses and some um, online studies. So it was a hectic time and running a family. But it just felt there was no time to jump out, get a bird's eye view of what you've been achieving and what you've been striving to do and be like, yeah. it's all right. It had just been just that constant and just feels like nothing's changed. So it just felt yeah, like you were yeah. treading water, yep. but a lot has changed. But it was just this treading water and and dealing with, I suppose, the unknown and getting comfortable with the unknown. Yeah, and this bigger thing, you know, because yeah. I, I like... Yeah, I experienced it like that as well and experienced it that there was this bigger thing that was bigger than whatever you felt, right? So however you were feeling, I think, you know, in, in most of life, you kind of have great days. Most of your life is kind of a bit, meh, and then you have quite bad days, right? But they're kind of, they're, they're these anchored points. But throughout all of that, you know, I had some I had some really hard days, but it was all it didn't matter because you had to get back up the next day. And, you know, like I was kind of reflecting on this the other day, I was like, I was so focused on making it to the other side of this. And that was it. Like, that's just, that's all that was in my head. It's just like, just make it to that. Right. And then you kind of get to the other side of it and you're like, 
oh yeah, like I don't have to, you know, like going in to get the groceries isn't, you know, it's not warfare anymore, <laughs> right? I don't have to like edge out the 70 year old into the, into the toilet paper, right? I don't have to edge her out. I don't have to kind of, you know, stay distance from that man because he looks super suspect or kind of, you know, someone has a cough and you're like, oh my God, this is, uh, you know, they're, they're all of a sudden John Josie, like aisle five in the freezer. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Protecting myself. Yeah, and it takes. I think it takes a while to, to get out of that. But I just, you know, like you're saying, I realized how hyper focused I was on one thing, but it was bigger than me. And I think part of the the summer for me has been getting back to me and actually kind of be like, okay, yeah, it's. I don't have to. I don't have to be like that. That's not. That's generally not how I am. You know, I don't have to. Yeah, you know, I think we spoke about this before. Is that I don't have to take all the toilet paper home and hide it. You know, I don't need that many coffee pods <laughs> it's just like some of the stuff like i just look back and i was like why do um, do i have that and you're like oh yeah i remember i remember now yeah i thought needing gaffer tape was critical yeah <laughs> you're listening to bau business as unusual the podcast that speaks to the people behind the movements organizations and ideas that are shifting the way we think, interact, and transact. Your hosts, Patrick Beggs of Per Production, a production house that works with organisations to create media that strengthens culture and communicates that culture to the world. And Joe Rogers, CEO of The Contenders, a brand agency famous for crafting brands which deliver results for those who work for them, shop for them, and support them. For more information, head to baupod.co. And if you find this podcast insightful, please help us by telling a friend and rating us on iTunes. Thank you. Now back to our conversations. It is going to be an eccentric time to look back on. A lot of people Mm. are now saying that it is, we're in sort of the 1920s version of 2000s, which classic because we are, but it's 2020. (laughs) But very similar social political and economic situation, yeah, which sure. some great jazz came out of that. That's true. And a lot of party people came out of that and sort of threw caution to the wind because I suppose it was time of uncertainty. A lot of people have been in the trenches and seen the horrible side of humanity. Mm. Yep. I wonder what our predictions were in the heart of that. Of I'm not saying we just went through trench warfare, by the way. I'm just going back to when we were in COVID and in, in the heart of it. And I... We'll get to it later whether we're actually through it and whether we're in normal. But mm. we had some different predictions. I remember you saying that COVID is um, on the back of that commentary of being K-shaped recovery, that it's very mm. much an exclusion zone, that COVID is really turning out to be an exclusive mm. trend in society. Do you feel that is continued or do you feel like that's bounced back? No, I definitely think it's accelerated. It's accelerated that. And, you know, you see that, you see that everywhere, whether that's in, you know, I think it's, it was a very, very different experience. Um, if you were white professional and had means, like, I think it was a very, very different experience in terms of that really what you were seeking was space. Right. So I think the, the hardest part of that was probably that, you know, your kids didn't go to school, right. That was the hardest part of it, but you still had space to teach your kids. It's like, you know, I think a lot of it about that 
where did you have to homeschool, right? So at our house, that was kind of the, the kitchen table became, as it did for a lot of people, became the kind of the, you know, the, the classroom and everything was set up, but we didn't have to take it down at the end of the day to, to eat dinner. We had space, we had the technology, we had Wi-Fi, you know, we had fast internet, we had all of these things. Whereas you contrast that with people like, for example, in my own kid's school who had none of that, then they were having needing to hotspot, right, to be able for their kids to actually be able to do their lessons, and they were doing it on a phone, and, you know, trying to help their kids um, keep up, and that's just schooling, that's not to do with your ability to generate an income or anything else, so I definitely think that that holds true, mm. um, this kind of polarity that we've seen um, will only continue. And do you think we've hit, hit a normal? I feel like we've hit some sort of normal, but at the same time, I feel like we've hit a semi-groundhog day. I'm a bit worried that we're heading into a similar scene. There's a mm. bit of playful optimism coming off the tail end of summer and we're feeling quite good, but there's also this storm that's coming off the other side of the continent that hit us yeah. last well, year. Well, I mean, you were talking a bit about that kind of last, last year, and one of the things that you saw was this kind of, I guess, the, how seriously will we actually take this? Right. In terms of in the, in the long term, I mean, what do you do you think that's changed? Do you think we've kind of been able to incorporate um, COVID safe into into our everyday kind of um, lifestyle? I think we have. But there's one trend that I've picked up and it's the longer that we go without a case, the more lax we go and the more pressure mm. that our political decision makers feel that they have to open up the economy or mm. open up the borders, which is it's an interesting dichotomy. We've always had a, a fierce fight and politicians careers decisions on the way the country's run is always been on whether we have open or closed borders it's always been exclusive here in australia and it's been very much so exacerbated with covid yeah. um so on that I, d I don't know i think i think there's a real danger that australia definitely could lose a lot of its hard mm. work because sleepwalking uh, into another crisis yeah because mm. it's it, it's going to be a real challenge to yeah. open up there's like we're in a really rare position like when you look around yeah there's at a ten global... basically 10 countries in the world are in the position we are yeah hmm. and so we live in a global economy we live in a global world a global village and freight's moving left right and center so yeah. there's people moving it's just yeah how we set up and and how prepared we are for winter because winter is coming john snow said it best <laughs> for sure but you're seeing like there's this correlation between i guess people so the case is kind of the trigger right so the kind of the fact that there's covid around kind of dictates people's behavior but what you're saying is that there's this kind of this correlation between the amount of cases and how diligent people are about being covid safe oh for sure and i think yeah and i think we'll, we'll see some real testing times again and i think mm. yeah it's vaccine or not seeing some of the variants come around and how strong they are seeing what's happened in nz um, with the South African strain landing there and just trying to get our head around it. It's, it's evolved and nothing's changed in terms of our system. Like we're sort of stuck in having to use the same gameplay. Hmm. So I, I don't know how it's going to go. It's going to be a testing, testing time. And I think a lot of the markets, a lot of the economy has been juiced up on hmm. this dream. Well, I mean, talk to me a bit about that because you also said that last year. This kind of this uh, this kind of stimulus bubble, which we're I mean, we're quite clearly living through. It's uh, you know, I mean, if you're um, yeah, if you're in the TV business or if you're in the home improvement business or in the food business, life's never been 
better if it's got something to do with with the home i mean what do you think about that do you think that's the kind of the i don't know the stimulus economy versus a real a real economy i don't know i think we're going through a change of what economy is and what Hmm. i think you've touched on that a little bit we're moving into the digital so really in a transition phase but we're in a transition phase it's quite selective about who can participate at the moment but we're also in a transition phase it's also got attached to it this huge growth it's just (laughs) this outrageous i think bubble and we've got a lot of different access into the economy and playing the game people had a lot of time to think about where to go and it's very much dot-com feel very much a bitcoin feel where you feel like you can make a fortune just by making a decision i think a lot of people have benefited from that but we'll see what happens Mm. coming into that i'm not someone to be able to comment on that i've definitely watched it a bit but i'm new at the game but just looking at it it just i think we're gonna get a wet fish to the face pretty soon yeah yeah it's kind of um i hate being that guy no no like i think there's there's like what type of fish is probably the question because i think it's definitely there's 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 an end date to this right so it's kind of the the economy itself wasn't in good shape going into this. I mean, we spoke about that last year and it's, it's still not in good shape, but yet the stimulus flow is kind of created um, almost in, in a weird way, like another economic cycle that is, that is very, very different because the consumption patterns are obviously quite um, immediate. Like no one, no one hasn't spent the money which I think is is interesting. Like the one thing I always keep a track of is kind of like basically people's average debt level, right? And that hasn't moved. It's that people have actually taken the money that's come in and gone, thank you very much. You know, I want a new car. I want a new this. I want a new that. But put it in stocks as well, hey? Or you reckon? <laughs> no, some, some, some yeah. have. Yeah. Definitely some have. But the money has um, flowed out. Right, so people may have started investing. They may have started doing the X, Y, Z, but they haven't paid, paid down debt. debt. They've actually just money's cheap. <sighs> Who sure. knows? Yeah, probably. Yeah, and it's also I think it's a mentality as we're talking about at the moment is that like the future doesn't look yeah. <laughs> like if you kind of, the new cars gonna yeah, make you feel better. Yeah, now. It made me feel better now, and you, you know, it, like yeah. I didn't enjoy driving the you know the, the bag of shit I drove <laughs> through COVID. So I may as well get. You're gonna need that problem like a hole in the head later. Perhaps, perhaps. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. The one thing that I feel like, and you touched on this last time we had a chat mm. and don't often get the opportunity to sit down and chat, but when we do, I always mm. like to hear your thoughts. And, but you came in with a real positive vibe about what we can do to change this. And I yeah. thought, I'd like to take you back there, but I yeah. feel I've managed to ruminate on it and think about that I feel like we've really missed that opportunity or whether we'll get that opportunity again to be mm. able to put our energy and resources into something tangible about actually tackling some of the problems that are around us right now systemic Mm. change on inequality but also our climate which we just haven't used this golden ticket to sort of reset we've sort of just Mm. tried to keep it on pause or keep it on mute yeah 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 like i I, like i'm i'm definitely kind of i'm i'm long on the future and and what i what i mean by that is that i think there's definitely there's some short-term stuff that is really as i said i think they've the government and kind of other policy kind of um makers have really kind of they've they've created a short-term cycle 
that said, there's a, there's a real kind of long-term thing at, at play, which is really that we have to kind of find new sources of energy and, you know, and we have to deal with kind of rising inequality. And, you know, I do think that's going to happen um, because it has to. So, you know, even like with, uh, you know, kind of uh, Mr. Trump leaving, leaving office, you know, kind of unceremoniously and the kind of stuff that happened around the Capitol stuff. I think the response to that will be, um, and you already start to see this with what Biden's kind of actually signing off on, is that they want to double the minimum wage. For example, now that's directly about actually what you've seen in places like New York, where by doing that, they actually have reduced inequality and they've also been able to kind of allow people to to spend. So I think there's there's stuff that will get done uh, around that. And on climate, I think it's, you know, that, yeah, we have to. There's there's absolutely, absolutely no choice. But that that said is that it's kind of from an Australian perspective, it's it's who's going to do it and how are we actually going to going to tackle that? Because, you know, even like Twiggy Forest is, you know, onto it, right? Kind of going, well, there's a way that we can actually create a new business model here, which is that, you know, we pull the stuff out of the ground that is still going to be required. But how can we actually kind of look at green ways to actually kind of manufacture that and create things like green steel, for example? So it has to, it has to happen. I mean, it's, it's existential. It's this, the, I think what what I clearly see here is that, you know, being um, moving to Australia, you know, I say this all the time, is that we tend to be um, in two ways. We're sorry. In one way, we're ahead in terms of that. We're we're very actually quite fortunate that are um, that we're still as uh, united as as we are as a country. And I think that's got a large part to do with kind of just how active government, for example, still is in, in our lives, but also the national psyche around kind of that we don't we don't really accept tall poppy syndrome. So there's a more of a smush to kind of keep people together that I think is interesting, but equally in some ways we lag the world, but by lagging the world, what tends to happen in terms of things like energy um, is that we can probably quite clearly see um, that where this is all heading. And then when we adopt it, we tend to do it quite well. Um, so things like even, you know, like I've read, I forget where, where I read it or when I read it, but like South Australia had a day where it was all renewable energy, right? And, you know, people were like laughing at them, right? <laughs> like you're going to put a, what, a car battery in to underpin your grid. Well, clearly it works because it deals, it's able to deal with kind of, you know, peaks in, peaks in demand. So I, look, I am, I'm optimistic. I think there's, there's going to be a real change over the next kind of 15 to 20 years. It's just, it's what window do you look at it? How, how long is your, is your view? Yeah. Whether it's going to be soon enough is a completely different question from that we're clearly starting to act. Mm. Mm. And yeah, it excites me that perspective and it reminds us why we started this podcast and that was business as unusual and gives mm. us a chance to chat to some of these people who are trying to For tackle sure. different business models organizations that are trying to address these issues and how they best do it it's funny hearing twiggy and you said this last time hearing how there's the finance the economy i mean the finance the social and the geographical all aligning for people to tackle this issue for sure um, it's just peculiar that it hasn't happened at a political level um, at the top end, at the bottom end. It's starting to make sense. So I'm yeah. excited to hear who we can chat to this year. And it gives us more motor to, to speak to people and that idea, that model that listening to people is key. But I really want to hear, and I've been trying to think on the back end of what, I don't know, we're just a podcast, but what, mm. what 
we can do, I think listening has strength, but where can listening enact change, I suppose, and understanding that space? Because I think that's something that we're lacking in policy level. It's something that, that real listening, that real, that real driver of collective change, being able to harness that, that sentiment and really demonstrate that it's there because that seems to be mm. what's lacking at the moment in a polarised world. Yeah, yeah, it had, like it would have been probably great rather than um, you know kind of uh, um, the sorry the I always find the the lady's name in terrible um, really hard to pronounce but the indigenous lady from the Northern Territory who won um, kind of senior of the year in the Australian kind of um, of the year awards. It's that you know like kind of watching that as just like it would have been better for Scomo to kind of actually spend two days actually kind of understanding what she actually stands for, um, you know, rather than necessarily kind of giving them the award. Because this idea, of, I think about, you know, as we, I think we started this to try to create a space where people could share their their story around how they were making difference, you know, by not necessarily accepting the conventional wisdom and looking at things through that lens. But for the most part, I mean, what I love most about what we do is that it's just listening. It's actually just giving the person the chance to tell their story and trying to take from that what you take from it but the 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 kind of idea is that as a country i think we're at a we're at a point where there there is a need for that to actually kind of step back and really to have someone actually cast a vision of where we can go by reflecting about you know what's next what's next for for us and, and i you know i think the the political landscape is maybe not where that's going to come from. I do think it's it's coming, you know, around the edges and, you know, things like, you know, our super funds, for example, will drive the change, right? I mean, there's a huge, it's the fourth oh. biggest pot of money in the world. And, you know, the kind of the idea that um, we're putting... And that's Australian super, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's wild when you think about it like that. But we actually, we have a, we have a future pile of money that we can actually then pull back to kind of in, invest in. And I think it'll be... You know, for me, what we choose to invest in, but quite clearly, there's a lot of things we can do. We're the most energy inefficient country, well, um, developed country in the world. Mm. You know, like it's like 80% of the power that leaves, you know, a power plant doesn't make it because our grid is, you know, that, you know, that, I guess, degraded. So just things like that will start start to change. But you then you then watch. It's like, you know, Australians have already hacked their way around that, which is that, well, it's like it's sunny all the time. I'm just going to put a solar and battery system on top of my house and, you know, stuff you guys. You can do what you want. But the government's going to have to respond to that because it's actually going to result in grid failure. Um, if they don't, if they don't shift, so it kind of they're boxed in. So no matter what happens, I, I think it's that people clearly are starting to see that there's stuff we have actually got to do about these things, and that's what gives me optimism. Beautiful. Here's to 2021. Here's to 2021. Let it be a great one. Thank you for listening to BAU Business as Unusual. Subscribe and learn more at baupod.co. That's baupod.co.